Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Crimelanders, thank you so much for choosing us again today. If you want to support the podcast, you can head over to headstuffpodcast.com where for five or a month you can avail of an extra episode and there's quite a bit of bonus content up there if you do want to check it out. The link is in the show notes. Bit of a trigger warning that this is a really sad one today. They're always sad, but this is particularly sad. few sources I used for this one, I used Murderpedia. I also used Edinburgh Neal's YouTube video and... I used an article from The Guardian by Ali Fogg as well. We always strive to discuss the topics in a human and empathetic way and absolutely no disrespect is meant to anyone discussed in this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy. Welcome to Crineland. My name's Julie J and this week I'm chatting to our old buddy, old pal, Sophie Shanley again. Sophie Shani again, we absolutely love you, Sophie, about the death of Tia Sharp. I don't know if you remember this one, Sophie. It's a sad one now. I just want I just want to note that at the top. They're all sad, but this one is particularly sad. I it does ring a bell. I think I think as I read through it, some of the details are gonna are gonna come back to you. Will I dive right in? Go on. Yeah. Tia Sharp was born to her mother, Natalie, on the 30th of June in 2000, in the year 2000 in Croydon, when Natalie was still a teenager and Natalie in turn was very close to Christine, her grandmother. Tia, Natalie and Christine were all very close and great friends. They were kind of like the three musketeers. They were just a very close little trio. Total baby though, like the year 2000. Oh, what a, you must have been, you would have been very young in the year 2000. No, there's not that many years between us, Julie, at all. But I always think there is because no. I wish, now I don't want to objectify Sophie here, but I just want to say the visual that I am looking at now. Look at that face. <laughs> so. I, well, I was, I'm doing the maths on it. I would have been 
I would have been 16 going on se- 16 13. going on 17. There you go. So that's a big, like if I had been hanging out with you, people would, would have been like, what is going on there? <laughs> is Julie okay? And I would have been in fifth What's year. and I was getting like, out of that? <laughs> I would have been in fifth year and my mates would have been like, why is she hanging around with the first year? You know, I actually did have a friend like that at one time. <laughs> Did you? I would have been saying to you, yeah, if I were you, I'd pick Irish. That's what I'd do. <laughs> like, yeah. just imparting my wisdom onto oh, little gosh. first year. Yeah. So maybe we would have been mates. I don't know. But I think I think it's unlikely in the year 2000. <laughs> you would have been getting up. to Like, I was a real timid kind of a 13-year-old. I was like, <gasps> still sneakily, like, playing with dolls and stuff. <laughs> uh, do you know, I was, I was like that too. I was quite childish in first year. And then I just went from one extreme to the next. That's exactly what happened to yeah. me. Like, I think when I was, like, 16, I was like, okay, I'm going to start drinking now. And everybody was, like, hardened and well used to a drinkers and I was like <laughs> I do look back and I wish I just had like a smoother transition I do feel like I went from baby to just like nightmarish teen Tia was a real extrovert she loved to sing dance and had a really vibrant personality she had a lot of friends was a very happy young lady um very outgoing now she was very good in school but her attendance wasn't great. In 2008, social services actually got involved when her family, um, basically the school became aware that Tia's mother and her partner were smoking cannabis in the, ho- in the home. The social Sorry. services came. Tia, Tia's like cool mom had her yeah. boyfriend in and they were puffing the wacky stuff. They were on the wacky tobacco. So Natalie and her partner um, were smoking the wacky tobacco. Social services came along. They did a house call. But in the report at the time, it was a strange one because, and of course, this then would not reflect well on social services later on. So they said that the family were dysfunctional, but they felt that there was no evidence of abuse. So therefore, there was no further investigation done. So they did. They, they said that they found the relationship, that the family itself, dysfunctional was the word they used, but that there was nothing abusive going on. Okay, well, like, what does that mean? Just that, lot, like, yeah. they, they were a bit messy, this, but like well, Tia was being well cared for-ish. Well, you see, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because I feel like it raises more questions than answers. Like, are they saying there, what I would take from that in layman's terms, are they kind of saying that the family were a bit odd, but that they could, that, they felt that there was nothing untoward going on, but just that they were a bit odd. Right. But yeah, but I don't know. I actually, I don't, I don't know. That's just me purely speculating. <laughs> I'm trying to like make you give me answers that you don't have. And did they say what you think? That- what would you take from that? And <laughs> um, so in 2002, Natalie Tia's mom began seeing an older guy called Stuart Hazel. It was essentially just a fling, which didn't last. And Stuart, dun dun dun, are you ready for this? Yeah. Actually ended up going out with her mother, Christine. Now, obviously, this is not ideal, but Natalie actually wasn't too bothered about this situation because her relationship with Stuart had been so casual. So she actually wasn't that put out that this guy is now going out with her mother. Christine and Stuart appeared to be a very strong couple and their relationship was accepted by the extended family, despite this Mm. really unusual backstory. Like... 
hold on, because that would be like ringing so many alarm bells for me with regard to Stuart, because that's fucking weird. Like it is weird. It like, is weird. Yeah. No. Now I can see, I can, well, sorry, not that I can see, but I, it doesn't surprise me that some men would get off on that, but I totally agree. I think it's a serious red flag situation. Yeah, it's definitely some kind of genre on Pornhub, but like, no, absolutely not. Not, not in the real in world, real life. Stuart, yeah. not in the real world. Have it in your head. Don't act it out. Because yeah, young. dare I say, you might say it's a bit dysfunctional. Just ever so slightly. Uh, you, I would, if I was I would a professional. Call me crazy, Julie, but I would say that's ever so slightly dysfunctional. <laughs> <laughs> poor poor Tia, poor Natalie, poor mummy. Stuart, you should leave. It's, it's not just, okay. Uh, yeah, it's not great. Not great. So Tia was always very close to her granny, Christine, and Stuart, who she referred to as granddad. So she looked at this guy as her granddad. After a while, Tia's mother, Natalie, had two more little boys. And so the house was obviously a lot busier. There were a few kids running around. And because of that, Tia started to spend a lot of time in her grandparents' home. Christine, the granny, spent a lot of time working nights. So it was often just Stuart and Tia in her home. They were extremely close and would spend time chatting, watching TV and playing computer games together. Tia was very close to Stuart and in August 2012 she texted her grandparents asking if she could stay in her granny's house for a couple of days and Stuart replied to her mother Natalie telling Natalie that that was no problem. Tia was really excited to go and stay in her grandparents and got ready to go on the following day which was the 2nd of August 2012 so How old? the school holidays. So she's only, she's only 12. So she would have been 12, 12 at this stage. Yeah, oh, she was 12. No. So Stuart picked Tia up from the tram and himself and Tia went shopping for, um, so she they kind of went shopping to get some food for the couple of days that she was going to be staying with them. That evening, Christine called them from work, just checking in on them and everything was good. Stuart told her that the night was going well and she could hear Tia laughing in the background. On the 3rd of August, Christine returned home from her night shift and Stuart told her that Tia had gone into Croydon to meet friends and buy shoes. By the evening, she hadn't returned home and Christine contacted Natalie, who told Christine that she hadn't heard from Tia either. Now, they were both instantly concerned because this really wasn't like her. And such was their worry that they actually met up and they drove around the area together to see could they find her. So Christine has no inkling that that there's anything untoward going on. She's not feeling suspicious about Stuart at all she's Absolutely just worried not okay. yeah no so at this stage you know they've they they have been told that uh she's gone in she's gone into town buying shoes and they're just wondering where she is so by night time by 10 o'clock they still hadn't found Tia and this is when they really start to panic and they call the police and then after they call the police they go down to the station now Stuart was the last person to see Tia he was the one obviously who provided the most pertinent information he had said that they had just been hanging out in the morning and the last time he saw her was around 12. A neighbour called David also said that he'd seen Tia leave her grandparents home at about 12 that day. Tia's phone was found and Stuart and Christine's home was searched which police noted was so they so they they noted it was strange when they found the phone when Stuart and Christine's home was searched because 
obviously, you know, her being a young why, teenager. Why would she leave without it? Yeah, she wouldn't leave without her phone, most people would think. But they did consider the possibility that she had just forgotten it. Quickly, the community got involved and they were determined to help the Sharps with posters, T-shirts and a huge search campaign getting underway immediately. <laughs> there were 55 sightings of Tia. They were 55 sightings of Tia reported in the first few days of her disappearance, but none of these leads led to the discovery of Tia. So police went obviously straight for the CCTV. Now, bizarrely, absolutely no recording was found of Tia at any shops on trams, buses or the street. The last visual of Tia was her getting off a tram and meeting her granddad a couple of days previous. Mm. She had not been recorded on any CCTV since, which again, please noted as very strange. Very strange. And, And like when they investigated every like all the different all the various sightings of her like they were basically false sightings so nothing was leading to Tia so at this stage these I know but then I guess people mean well though Sophie do they like if there's somebody who even slightly resembles the person's name that maybe you would be phoning it in yeah I suppose but at the same time like for the family and stuff would that not be just so it's really tough yeah especially when there were so many like 55 yeah okay but they felt at that stage I suppose they were investigating all angles but they felt at that stage that none of the sightings could be um legitimized as Tia so it was still very much an open investigation they did believe that Tia left the house at midday as this is what both Stuart and the neighbor David had said in saying that the police did feel also the need to explore the grandparents house to ascertain whether or not they're could be anything that would lead them to Tia. They searched the house with sniffer dogs, but again, this turned up absolutely nothing. Meanwhile, people were naturally looking at the family and questioning whether something could have happened to Tia closer to home. Stuart in particular became a person of interest, so much so that he arranged to go on TV and be interviewed in a bid to clear Uh, his name and convince people he had absolutely no involvement in Tia's disappearance. So on the 9th of August, he appeared on ITV News and defended himself and begged for Tia's safe return. Police proceeded to get in some body language experts to analyse the interview. And because his body language, he was like really animated. Uh, It just didn't sit right with investigators. Mm. They felt he was very exaggerated and maybe was being overly dramatic. So they, they just felt especially because he was kind of bordering on rambling as well, that none of it was adding up, that it just didn't really sit right with them. Yeah, it's very interesting when you see like when, well, look, I'm not going to tar him with the brush already, but I kind of already am. Like, do you know when you see like there's that footage on the the late late your man who killed his wife? Do you remember oh, him? Oh yes, Rachel. Yes, poor and you Rachel see, Riley's like, husband, he, Joe Riley. Just, yeah, it's 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 not adding up, and it's no. like um, when you see afterwards with the Sewan murders and everything. Like there's something when somebody puts themselves out there to like just protest their innocence it's like it's like the lady doth protest too much exactly yeah yeah Yeah, and I think I think with this this really did set alarm bells ringing this interview because it just again who's to say how any of us would behave in that situation but it just seemed like he was behaving oddly 
bit of theatrics going on. Bit of theatrics. And actually, when I, because I watched the interview back for the purposes of this um, crime land, and he's so animated. And also, he's just getting really bogged down in the nitty gritty oh, and yeah. details oh, of things yeah. that don't really matter. Yeah. Trying to like deflect and distract. Yeah. And is he really like animated with the hands and with the Lana hands? Okay. And just, it's very, it's very. It's just strange. It's a strange watch. Mm. It really, it really, really is. Is he going on about like times, like really like, you know, meticulous? Yeah. And he's kind of going back over stuff and a, lo- a lot of just superfluous detail. And we're really kind of not focusing on the main issue here. And, you know, it is a classic symptom of um, it's a classic sign that somebody is lying when they kind of uh, offer too much detail yeah. as well because yeah, they're just yeah, trying yeah. to convince us too much so it's it's a very disconcerting interview that's for okay. sure and he was also like blinking a lot and again that's a sign of like nervousness and it, none of it was looking good so on the morning of the 10th of August 2012 Stuart said he was going to the shop to buy the paper and upon getting up Christine got a really pungent smell no 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 yeah. yeah, so she searched high and low but could not work out where the smell was stemming from. Forensics had been due to search the house and when the team arrived, she told them about the smell which she couldn't pinpoint. And Str- yeah, sorry. I mean... Had the, had the dogs not already been around? Well, this is it. So the house had been searched at this stage twice. The second time they used sniffer dogs and nothing was picked up. So at this stage now, it's the 10th of August, it's over a week later and she tells the the it's friends summer time yes oh, summer time no. in a small house in Croydon and she says I'm getting this smell and of course straight away the forensics are like okay this does not sound good they were pretty sure what would cause such a strong mm-hmm. smell and evacuated the home immediately they went up to the attic and found poor Tia's body oh, wrapped God. in black bin liners the poor girl Okay, so tea is uh, just horrendous, absolutely awful in the attic wrapped in black bean bags. I know. And just like a little girl, just absolutely terrible, like Like just horrendous. It's 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 just it's it it is just beyond comprehension. There's just such a level of innocence like at that, you know, God. The whole thing is just appalling. Yeah. Really so horrible. Tia's Tia's body was taken for post-mortem, but because her body had been in the attic for nearly a week in the height of summer, as you pointed out, Sophie, God, yeah. it was extremely hard to identify her. So this had to be done using dental records due to the level of decomposition. On this basis, they decided not to allow her mother, Natalie, to see her. Again, due to the decomposition, they couldn't determine the cause of death, but they would later assume it to have been suffocation. The forensic team had arrived in the afternoon and still Stuart had not returned home at that stage. So do you remember he had said that he was just going to the shop for the paper? Nipped off to get the paper, yeah. Yeah, still not back. So a citywide search began and police were determined to track him down. Stuart was quickly spotted in a convenience store in central London, extremely drunk and asking people and passers-by to help him find his granddaughter. Oh, yeah. nice one, Stuart, you sloppy bastard. Yeah. Where's so my granddaughter? Yuck. 
yeah, really, really gross. Ugh. They found him. So police found him in a local park drinking a bottle of vodka and was immediately arrested on suspicion of murder. That night, Christine was also arrested, but was later released due to lack of evidence linking her to the crime. And ultimately, she was completely cleared. Okay, of so any actually, like, did not know. Didn't. Didn't know. Well, they, she was never, I mean, she was never charged with anything and there was no indication after the fact like, that the police had got that wrong. Like it did so, appear. So he, that, he must have got all this done while she was working, while she was. Oh, yeah. Well, th- th- this is so, I mean, I suppose the, the pieces of the puzzle would be fitted together later on. But ultimately, Christine had been, hadn't even been in the gaff when all this stuff was taking place. So she was completely cleared okay. um, of any involvement. If you're done listening to the podcast today and you fancy something a little bit more uplifting, you might head over to headstuffpodcast.com where you can check out the Happy Broadcast, which is a podcast all about positivity, keeping your energy up and just all around happy stuff, which is something I think we all need right now. Do head over to headstuffpodcast.com to check that out. Tired of tuning into negative news? Well, get your week off to the right start with the happy broadcast. Let's help you focus on the positive things happening in our world. Each episode will feature positive news, some mental health tips, and we'll hear from our happy broadcast community about what makes them happy. The podcast is hosted by me, Amy O'Dwyer, in collaboration with Mauro Gatti and his popular social channel, The Happy Broadcast. Episodes are out every Monday and you can listen and subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts. Let's help spread some positivity. Upon returning to the house to search it again, police discovered Tia's glasses, which had been broken, and also a bag of her clothes. They also found an SD card pushed into a door frame, giving the impression that somebody had tried to hide it. They took this back to the police station for further examination. And in the meantime, Stuart's version of events had changed completely. Oh, my God. Yeah. He was taking pictures of Tia. Well... He was he was now saying that Tia had fallen asleep down the stairs and because he had been on a cocktail uh, of cannabis and alcohol, he had fallen asleep only to wake up the following morning and see Tia lying at the bottom of the stairs. Oh my God. You know what? I hope that he was off his head on the vodka from the park when he was making up this bullshit well, yeah, it's, about it's, the stairs and the like... Mm. It's pretty infuriating, isn't it? So he claimed that when he woke up from this drunken, stoned stupor that he found Tia dead at the bottom of the stairs. So he insisted that instead of telling them the truth, he decided to hide her body in the attic because, of course, that's exactly what you do. He undressed her again. Like, why would you need to do that? All first aid courses, I think, say that naive to strip the body immediately. Yeah, yeah, good man. So put the clothes and phone in a bag and then wrapped her poor little body in bin bags and placed her body in the attic. Basically, he was saying that this had just been a terrible accident and he had just panicked. Now, obviously, the real and terrible reason for Stuart killing Tia soon became clear when the SD card the police had found had been examined. So they recovered... um, a lot of images of girls and uh, young girls and Tia oh. herself. And it was clear that he had some kind of attraction to Tia so that he had essentially been taking photos of her 
um, when she wasn't looking. So she was unaware that he was taking these photos. So for example, you know, if she was sitting in the sitting room watching TV, he was taking photos of her and, and she was shots. completely oblivious. So okay. really just such a violation. So he was he was building up to this. He was like... And there was there was another indicator as well. I mean, obviously the photos themselves like are unfortunately like painting their own story but as well while they're going through the camera um they did find some blood evidence at the scene and uh it was a match for Tia and then obviously they're saying to themselves okay so we have blood evidence we have these photos and then the last picture on the SD card was they believe taken after Tia was dead so the 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 camera really told the whole story like there was absolutely no room for doubt here as to what had happened and ultimately what had motivated Stuart in this crime as well because it was very obvious that he had been obsessed with Tia it's terrifying isn't it because it's it's kind of it's like it's opportunistic as well like he was waiting for the time that he got a weekend like oh, Tia to carry an this out. Like his little yeah. head was he was an opportunist that way. Oh, and like God knows how many years he'd been harboring these like feelings of wanting to do. But this is like it, this. and because then, he had oh, been in her life, the arose. Yeah. And, Oh, it's just so scary. And because he'd been in her life for so long, um, and obviously this girl was so young, it just it's it's terrifying that he had had been harboring these feelings for her, like this mm. kind of obsession and this attraction to what was such a young child. Like, oh, I mean, this horrible. poor girl. It's horrendous. Yeah, it's just and the like, worst you know of the what? worst. Like probably as well, like putting in a bit of work into like their relationship so that she'd like him more. She'd of want to spend more time there. She'd probably like turn a blind eye to like, you know, stuff that her mum wouldn't let her do or like buying her the bloody expensive comics in the shop that like everyone else. Yeah. Had. Like, do you know, like that kind of thing that like. And uh, I mean, as you said, you, like the word you used there, Sophie was so spot on. I mean, grooming, like that's why, she, you know, she was obviously so excited mm. about going and staying with Stuart, who she viewed as her granddad and all the rest, because it's building this relationship. And then obviously, as you pointed out, essentially, this is an he was an opportunist Mm. that this, you know, was his opportunity to kill this child. So their belief was um, that obviously that the motivations have been sexual. Mm. But unbelievably, when the murder trial began, he still insisted on his innocence. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah, what a prick. What an absolute what? prick. Yeah. What did he say? Like, how just he kept flogging the stupid, de- like, stairs. The accident. Story. Yeah. And what he was relying on was the fact, which again just seems so cruel, that he was relying on the fact that the body was so decomposed that oh, this had worked his benefit because was. they couldn't, yeah, that they couldn't establish. But then the SD card was produced in court and. Which obviously volumes really yeah I mean well I mean it tells the entire story mm. the build-up and oh. then like the final picture which like don't even want to know what that was but they know after she was had after died. she was dead and actually because I did read um obviously I, I I'm going to throw in now the sources at the top when I do my little insert did read a few things on this and you know what I was like I'm not going to go into what the picture yeah. was of because I don't think anyone needs that and I just 
was horrendous. Mm, I can imagine. So when the SD card was produced, obviously people were just horrified and Tia's mother, Natalie, actually had to leave the court, the poor thing. After a couple of days, he changed his plea to guilty. I mean, about bloody time. And in the face of overwhelming evidence, realized there was no way his story was going to stand up to cross-examination. So it is believed that Stuart killed Tia after refusing his sexual advances. So that is what the police believe led to him killing her. Stuart Hazel was sentenced to 38 years and will be 75 years of age when he is released from prison, which I think is still too young. I just think he should never get out of prison because that is the ultimate betrayal. Oh, it's no, he should, he should really rot in there. Like that's not like there's no room for, um, like it's, it's very clear what happened here. Oh, I mean, this is he's, like, he's a monster. Yeah, he, monster. No, and I, it's also, it's so awful, isn't it, as well, for the mother and the grandmother. Like, it's just, it's very hard for them. Like, it makes you wonder as well, like, on. was was he involved with the mother initially because she had young kids? And then when that broke up, did he still want you know that connection with Tia so he went for the granny like it's I don't know maybe maybe that's too much of a threat no but but but, but again if his mind it would not surprise me at all actually Sophie I hadn't even thought of that but you could actually be spot on there I don't know just that it was it was just a mechanism that he could stay close it just it just seems so well, it did allow him access. It definitely allowed him access. And I mean, like just, the man's a paedophile. Like he doesn't. Oh, yeah. Straight up paedophile. He, he, like it doesn't matter if he's with the mother or the granny, because really, like, that's not what he's after anyway. So, yeah, just it. it, it I mean, the, the, the camera, I mean, thank God they did find the camera in that it essentially just it, it like there was no it was the most incriminating piece of evidence they could possibly find because mm. as I said it did tell the whole story um very very sad and then on a side note the neighbor David do you remember David oh, yeah, who had said yeah, yeah. that he saw Tia leave the house yeah. at 12 he uh was sentenced to five months imprisonment no. for wasting police time yeah and it is still unclear as to what his motive was in lying. Oh, so they don't Christ. know why he lied. So he could have actually been involved in this somehow. Well, I think, I don't know. I don't know. Because I actually did consider, I was like, is that why? Like, was there something about them working cahoots together? But I didn't find anything to suggest that. I mean, it could maybe have been a situation where he was paid off or something. You just or, don't know. like, I haven't seen the Stuart character like you know was he very intimidating looking guy was, no was the he was like neighbor a little afraid? scrawny guy <sighs> yeah little scrawny guy I mean because uh, I did think that I was like oh no please don't tell me like he's implicated in this as well but I think I think I as far as I can gather they haven't ascertained what the motivation was I, I, I don't think there is any indication that he was involved um, mm-hmm. because there's no DNA evidence to suggest that. So there was no DNA found at the scene, which would suggest that somebody else was involved. It was all pointing to Stuart. Yeah, yeah. Um, and because he pled innocent for so long, I'd imagine he'd be more than happy to drag somebody else into the mix if they were involved. So, I mean, Actually, it could have yeah, just been a straight up like, 
that like if somebody nips around and says here listen would you mind saying this to the police and you have not had a particularly good relationship with police you'd probably more than happily lie for somebody yeah yeah and that makes a lot of sense but it's still it's a very very sad case Um, really really awful just terrible and it's one I think actually if you saw the image of Tia you would probably remember the case because at the time it was huge it was a very disturbing one with Stuart like when he went to prison like have you heard anything like of how he like because I'm sure he he's not having an easy time in there like I hope that they are well I mean you always I mean I think with these cases like this you kind of always hope that don't you yeah completely and he did stab another prisoner in the face a couple of years ago well it wouldn't suggest he's getting out anytime soon because he's you know getting into trouble um in prison and then a couple of years ago as well a few of the red top papers did release he had written some letters giving out about prison conditions um to (sighs) family members and then they were released to the tabloids and you know, none of us. Pay. He's he's not having a good time in there, which is what we want. That's what so that like is, yeah, 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 that yeah, is, yeah, that is that is reassuring. He's kind of, um, um, and that is the very very sad case of and, Tia Sharp. And Julie, how's her? How's her poor mom? Um, the mom. Do you know what I feel like? The mom has had a tough time. She has had her own run-ins with the law since. Mm. Um, obviously, you can imagine, like she is still suffering. She still has younger kids yeah um so she is a mom obviously trying to be a mom Mm. to her other kids and I would imagine it's just it's just very hard for her so she has had a couple of incidents but again like that if you know who can who can judge her for that because you can only imagine what she is living with every day yeah, I'd say it dominates her head like 24. Oh, and the seven. grandmother? I mean, it's terrible for the no, grandmother as well. No. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. But he obviously, look, he was a manipulative person. And as they, as we've learned from watching these documentaries and all the rest, like they don't just groom the child, they also groom the family. So yeah. you can understand how yeah. a whole family can be duped by someone. And, you know, like initially when you hear, you're like, oh, come on, like this guy's a this guy's clearly a creeper but like yeah I know like they do they they put in solid hours into convincing everybody that they're likable and honest and you know just like general good people so that yeah it's another and terrifying he, he, thing it well it is and it's just it's a really sad case I mean I was saying to myself oh my god is this just too sad to do because it is it is very very sad we might even put it up as a bonus episode because maybe it's a bit too sad but it's it's one that I think people are familiar with like even when you were going through like you know it's 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 a familiar one it's a familiar one and the reason I wanted to do it was it was huge when I was of a certain age so it's one that really really shocked but, us but she was she was missing for for I, a good yeah. while like I remember the constant like on Sky News yeah, there was the, yeah, and, yeah. and that's why I mentioned like the t-shirts and the posters and all that the local community in Croydon like this was a huge campaign yeah. like it was non-stop coverage on the yeah. likes of Sky News so it was a really really sad one but it's definitely one that made its mark on me and it's one that I really really do remember yeah 
yeah. as just being everyone's worst fears. Like it's not that long ago. Like realized. It's not that long ago. It's only, I mean, what, nine years ago? Not even eight, eight and a bit. Eight years, yeah. And it's one, it still feels so familiar. It's like it just happened yesterday because the court case, when people realized what had happened, that poor little girl, it really was just everyone's worst nightmare yeah. and everyone's worst fear. That's sinking. Like, oh God, no. Just Can't. desperate. Yeah. Sophie, thank you so much. If we're looking for you, Sophie, where can we find you? You can find me on just Instagram, Sophie Shanley. We love Sophie Shanley's content. Sophie, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'll talk to you real soon. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to Amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's Amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.